The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations. You are listening to the podcast, Tea and Talk, presented to inform, educate, inspire, and encourage meaningful conversations on Bahamian arts and culture. My name is Robert Bain, dancer, teacher, choreographer, and someone who believes in the preservation of all things Bahamian. I am sitting down with persons of like mind to discuss the Bahamian perspective on the arts and the Bahamian way. Now, let's welcome our guest. Okay, welcome to another episode of Tea and Talk. My name is Robert Bain, and today is, uh, I always say a special day, but it's a really, really special day. Uh, Today, I'm sitting down with um, a Bahamian artist, architect, poet, uh, writer, Um, what could I say? I think you guys might remember him from... uh, Baintown Millionaire, Racetrack, Song, uh, When Baintown Woman Catch a Fire, Even the Devil Run. Uh, none other than uh, Mr. Patrick Ramming, we call him Pat, but who is a, has a special commitment to culture and economic development of the Bahamas and the Caribbean. For more than 30 years, he, um, he's been an architect. His focus has been on, uh, you know, uh, I guess the designing something that you know represents this part of the world, you know, this region. Um, Pat has received many awards and stuff. Uh, what can I say for design excellence? And I'm happy to have him sitting in front of me today. Well, uh, Pat, welcome to Tea and Talk. Thank you very much. It's fantastic to be here. Well, you know, well, part of Tea and Talk, as I, I. Uh, like to to give out the information. The reason why we have this this uh, um, tea and talk is basically to establish a space for a person like myself and Pat, so that we could express ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I always feel that um, artists and people in our field don't have the opportunity to really express themselves as they would like to. Um, uh, we always have to work on somebody else's dime. So I figured it's time that we establish our own program and we work on our own dime. So uh, with that said, uh, we're having a cup of tea today and we're actually having um, Sweet Margaret. Anybody ever had Sweet Margaret? I, I, it's the first time I'm trying it. Um, but Sweet Margaret, um, apparently it's a, a wild guava as it is called. Um, as long being a, a herb used in, in the Bahamas for treating various ailments, appearing as a shrub or small in small areas, it has a white flower with dark red berries. I've never seen that around, and apparently it could be found not only in the Bahamas but in Mexico and South Florida. Sweet Margaret is particularly effective as a as a soothing tea when dealing with some things. They got here. They say now I know doctor, so if you're on med, just please take. Do your thing. I know, but I'm just saying what it, what the people say here. It says it supports nervous function. It improves memory and focus. Provides back strength. It treats colds. <laughs> it um, it's good for treating diarrhea and stomach aches. Um, it says it's an anti-cancer agent. Okay. Well, see, I'm getting in that field. And then for us guys, they say it's an, a male aphrodisiac. Wow. Uh, there you go. 
Okay. <laughs> make, make sure you leave something you go. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I have known uh, Pat for a very long time. Um, and uh, I have, um, I've had the opportunity of working uh, around him and I've seen some of his work. But just of late, I, I came across an, an article that was written that actually got my attention. I thought it was so profound. And, you know, I've been thinking about it all week. And he used a quote uh, by, uh, again, my friend Jackson, the late Jackson Burnside. And it says, uh, we don't see what we're looking at. And I normally use a phrase similar to that uh, with my students. And uh, the phrase that I use is, it's sad to have eyes and can't see. But normally I use that when it comes to, to for them having to interpret things and, and just being aware of their surroundings, of course, basically the same thing, eh? Mm -hmm. And so I use that for them. But if the interesting thing about his, uh, the article, and I think it was a, a, um, a blog, he, the, what was used, the analogy that was used was a mirror. And I've been thinking about that mirror. It, it, it really, it really, really got me. Uh, he used the, the mirror. And obviously, we have not been, been very um, <clears throat> keen on establishing our own mirror. And so we wonder why our people look to the north or someplace else because uh, they can't see themselves. I hope I'm, I'm getting that uh, interpretation correctly. Absolutely. But he said, um, I'm just going to read a little portion of something here. Um, it's, he says, art is a mirror held up for us to see ourselves in ways we might not be familiar with or not, ways that make us comfortable or uncomfortable. Those comfort, comfortable views of us reinforce our present direction, make us feel better about ourselves. Uncomfortable views cause us to question our present ways of being and consider the need or opportunity to change. While the response is always personal, the process becomes societal as we share our responses to the, um, sorry, to the mirror, both as individuals and as a society. Just as the mirrors on the wall helps us to develop a concern for our bodies and alter our behavior accordingly, the mirror we call art helps us to choose better social goals and provide the inspiration to change our behaviors accordingly. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lot of, it's got a lot of stuff. Can you tell me about this mirror? Can you elaborate a bit more on this mirror? And again, welcome to Tea and Talk. Well, thanks again. Uh, I've been using the mirror analogy for a long time because it is, uh, it is what it is. Um, you know, let me first of all talk about um, where I started understanding how important that um, the ability to see yourself through something else um, was. Many years ago, it occurred to me that the only way we know about any ancient civilization is through digging up their remains and getting a glimpse at what we call their culture, hmm. right? 
First, we get a glimpse of what kind of structures they built to habitate. And then we get a glimpse at um, the images they created, either um, to deal with their spiritual life in terms of their gods and all that, or their domestic life mm -hmm. in terms of the plates and spoons and and the things they carved on the wall, right? They told their history on the wall. And so this idea that the way um, we understand anything about anybody else is through the mirror of their architecture and their art. Mm -hmm. Obviously applies at the local level as well. Right. So um, that's how I've been trying to get people to understand it. We are in the process of, well, we are celebrating it. As a matter of fact, a couple of weeks, we went off to, uh, they had the initial start of uh, the independent, the 50th anniversary independence. Um, 50 years. Mm -hmm. Where are we? What, where are we? Um, not very far. Um, we, especially in, well, if I assume that the way for us to develop is the process that the average kid develops, the kid uses its parents as mirrors, um, it looks and sees what's good to do, what's not good to do, it develops attitudes, it learns how to be a man from whoever the, the man figure is that um, it looks at. If we assume that that it also applies at a national level, the fact that we have avoided opportunities um, to create um, mirrors, opportunities to celebrate ourselves in art and culture um, over those 50 years is abysmal. I mean, it's terrible. Hmm. That is, yeah. I, I, I remember back in, 19, in 2005, you did a festival yourself. Uh, you, you started it. I mean, and I mean, you did it. It was a Herculean task. You did it. You did it. I, I, I remember some of the stress that you actually went through trying to produce this. And I think there are lots of Bahamians who single-handedly try to do things on their own because there's, there is no one to support. There's no support. People don't actually believe in it. Uh, I don't know. But there, again, it goes back to the mirror because they haven't seen, uh, persons haven't had the chance uh, to, to create a mirror so that somebody can actually see. I think they have tried, but I think over the years, I, I don't want to say that people, nobody haven't done anything. People have done a lot of stuff, but the mirrors are just smudgy and mm -hmm. you basically can't see anything. It's just so small because they wouldn't allow us to polish it. Well, you know, they say that a man is only as good as, as his tools. Okay. Right? And so... At a, at a societal level, the society has the responsibility for providing the tools for us to do, for us to build mirrors, right? And they've done a, not a good job um, of that. Well, what we've done, um, and, and this is, it's a criticism, but it's not a criticism that's local. 
Right. It's a criticism that applies that most places, especially ones that were previous colonies. When we started looking out for ourselves, rather than asking ourselves, what do we need to grow up? Mm -hmm. We started asking ourselves, what do we need to look as though we've grown up? Wow. <laughs> that, is, that is interesting. So, for example, you're, you're a dancer. Mm -hmm. You're associated with the National Dance School. The National Dance School was created in, what, 74? Well, I'm, in, I'm associated with the National Dance Company. Da dance, uh, right. Was the, it 74 or 76? Uh, it was in 76. The National 76. Dance School was established in 76, okay. yes. Um, By the way, it's closed. It's been closed for the past two and a half, almost three years. Well, and that's part of what I'm about to say, that... In all the years of its existence, it has not been afforded its own place. It's not been afforded um, the um, opportunity to be written for. Um, it's not been afforded. It's been used as a tool for entertaining politicians. <laughs> right, um, and I don't mind that happening, but that's supposed to be the minor part of it, not the major part of it. So we've created the names of institutions and then allowed them to starve to death. Uh, I read that in your in your uh, in your blog. Yeah. I, I, and the blog, and, and you said in 50 years since independence, we have commissioned one major art gallery, one museum, no theaters, mm -hmm. no school of performing arts, no mm -hmm. public art, no mm -hmm. public art, and no celebration of our heroes in arts. Absolutely. We have avoided all, um, also, um, well, it's obvious that we have avoided the opportunity to expose our children to the arts of the Caribbean community, having reneged on three commitments to host Carfesta between 1983 and 2010. And the excuses we used were flimsy excuses. Um, we're, a, we're a tourist destination. A Carfesta would be a huge tourist attraction. Mm -hmm. It would drag a whole bunch of people into this country. So we, we can't say well, we can't do that because it wouldn't be good for business. It would be the best thing we could do for business. Right. But we had excuses like, oh, well, we don't have enough facilities and we can't afford it right now. I went to the Edinburgh Festival and saw what was probably the most celebrated play of that particular year, The Lion and the Jewel, in a converted grocery store. Mm -hmm. They moved all the, um, the display units out of the middle of the thing, rigged up a lighting thing in the middle of the floor, and they presented this incredible play. They just ringed some chairs around the edge of the, of the room. If you want to do it, 
you can do it. Well, those are called site-specific theaters. And I remember uh, years ago, <clears throat> when I first came to Nassau, mm -hmm. uh, there used to be a, a presentation, which was a site-specific uh, theater setting at the fort down down at... Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Fort Charlotte. Fort Charlotte, where they brought everything to life, brought the mm -hmm. pirates and stuff. I heard about it. I've never mm -hmm. seen it, actually, but I heard mm -hmm. a lot about it. Sonne Lumiere. Wow. Mm -hmm. Wow. Interestingly enough, I, I sat at the pyramid at Giza watching a sound and light show that... <laughs> I said to my wife, doesn't this remind you of Sonne Lumiere? We don't, we don't know. There's no history written about any of those things. And some persons don't, I mean, don't have the, the slightest uh, clue. Uh, I, I also saw you, when, in, your, in your blog, you used an example of the kind of support that, that, that persons are getting, um, uh, the lack of support uh, by any uh, successful government on promoting non well, you said that they promote a way they promote non non existing uh, cultural products. Uh, That's, that is correct. Can you explain it? Well, if we went back to 1960 as an example, um, someone coming to visit would be able to see probably a dozen minimum nightclub shows mm -hmm. that would have fantastic uh, presentations of Bahamian culture. Shape all mares, Zanzibar. The Cat in the Fiddle, the Silver Slipper, Silver the Slipper, Jungle Club. Jungle Club. All over the place. Right. Um, there has not been a regular native show on New Providence for 26 years. <laughs> a long time. I mean, that's, Too long. that's more than half the 50 years we're talking about. Too long. Right? Um, but that's the business we say we're in. Mm -hmm. So um, we have people going away every year, um, begging people to come to the Bahamas. When they arrive, what is there for them to experience? There is practically no cultural presentation. Nothing, absolutely nothing. Right? And the only thing, I, I don't know if you realize it, the business of tourism is the business of culture. Absolutely, totally agree, yeah. That's what it is. That's what it is. When you visit someplace, your primary concern is who are these people? Hmm. That's right. Who are these people? And how do you find that out? You find that out by how they eat, how they drink, how they dress, how they party, how they have funerals, how they have weddings. I mean, that's, the, that's culture. And that's the business we're in. But we would spend $60 million advertising to get somebody to come. But wow. 
if we were asked to spend $5 million creating opportunities to create that product, mm. and that's what tourism product is, right? Just the packaging of cultural expression. Absolutely. That's all it is. How are we going to get, how, how can we get somebody to understand that concept you just explained? I really don't know. Uh, wow. I have to say I've tried in a million different ways. I'm obviously not competent to, well, to do that. I... <laughs> um, so no, I've, I've failed um, miserably because the, the, the truth of the matter is most of the people who make the decisions that I'm talking about are either my friends or people in my sort of socio-age set, right, um, who simply believe that, that political power is the most important thing that we can have. And that's like saying, that's like saying um, having a fluorescent light mm -hmm. is the most important thing you can have and you don't have a generator. Join me for a continuation of this discussion with Pat Ramming. You're listening to Tea and Talk. The views and opinion expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views or positions of any entity or organizations.